This is cliffcentral.com. We've got the money shot now with uh, Henry Biddlecombe. So, uh, Henry, first of all, nice to have you here. It's been a little while. It has been. They've deputized Celejo a couple of times. They, they don't, you're not the favorite uh, reserve anymore. Yeah, well, when they really have to scrape the barrel, that's oh, when they yeah. send me. So, sorry, guys, yeah. but you know, oh. sometimes these well, things happen. You know what? There's lots to talk about, though, so let's get straight into it. Um, first of all, 10 cent results. Yes. So I'm sure you guys find yourselves spending a disproportionate amount of time talking about Tencent and Naspas, don't you? Well, we have recently because they've gone and and listed a separate part of the company. Oh, the music business, yeah. Yes. So tell me how that's worked out for them. How's that going? Yeah, well, I I think um, these results didn't really relate to the music business. It was more the core business. Okay, Um, which is games. It's all that Chinese business. It's it's, um, WeChat. It's all of that stuff. That's right. And the reason why we worry about Tencent is because it's a six trillion rand business. And And Naspers owns the biggest stake in it. They own a third of it. Exactly. Therefore, it has an impact on our JSC. Correct. Well, it accounts for around a quarter of our market. So it's it's a very important stock for South African investors. trillion. It's a very big number, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and exactly to your point, so gaming comprises a very big proportion of the business. It accounts for about one third of their revenue, but they've had some challenges lately in China. And that's because China is obviously a highly regulated market. Mm-hmm. And they've stood up and they've taken notice of the fact that Chinese children are spending far too much time playing games. Uh-oh. This is bad news for all the gamers. Bad news for all the gamers in China. some regulation. Exactly. So in China, you can't actually introduce a new game to the market without having it approved first. And in the early parts of last year, the regulator just simply stopped approving new games. And sometimes things like this happen in China. Uh-huh. So, of course, that weighed Bureaucratic logjam. Exactly. Um, and typically, this organization approves anything in the region of 10,000 games a year. So, it was a big deal for a company like Tencent. And it obviously weighed on their share price and on Naspas' share price. Long story short, for the fourth quarter, which is the period for which they just reported results, their gaming revenue growth was flat. So although group revenue grew at around 28%, that would have been a much stronger number mm. if the regulator just approved these damn games. So that weighed on revenue growth. Sure. And then, of course, this is also a business that likes to invest in future growth. So costs sometimes grow ahead of revenue, and you've yeah. got what you call margin compression, and that weighed on profits. So you would have seen when the results came out, the headlines read very badly, and it said, oh, my gosh, 10 cent profits have gone backwards by 30% year on year. Um, and there was a little bit of panic in the market, and that's why you saw the stock come down by about 5%, and Nasprus came off um, in sympathy in the early hours of trade. Right. Why we aren't worried is that, um, for, as I've said, I think they're investing in future growth. And as you know, when you started this radio station, the costs sometimes come before mm-hmm. the revenue, and mm-hmm. you have to accept that. So as long as you think that the revenue will come, you can forgive the company for investing in forward growth. So are they selling at a bit of a discount at the moment? Yeah, they are. Um, the interesting thing about NoSpace is you're actually buying a share in Tencent at a 25% discount. Already, it's, yeah. it's, it's spot price. But that's been the case for a number of years, and it'll probably sustain for a while as well. But as an investor, you, you kind of acknowledge that one day something will happen and that that discount will compress. So you've got that as a nice mm-hmm. underpin. But ultimately, Gareth, what will drive the Nasdaq share price is, is the Tencent share price. So sure. it's a story that we still like. We still think that they're massive and very powerful secular tailwinds um, blowing behind Tencent. Um, we still like China as an economy. So it's a share that I'm still positive about. And, you know, investors need to be a little bit careful when they trade on shorter-term news and sensationalist headlines. And also in South Africa on our JSC, you don't have a lot of options right now. So if, oh you, if you can expose yourself to point, the you Chinese know. market rather than our local one, which is beleaguered by a lack of electricity, uh, tiny, tiny, tiny growth, um, yeah. not particularly exciting things ahead of the elections. Yeah. 
this gives you exposure to things that might grow instead of just recede. Yeah, when you imagine being a South African investor, you kind of picture that lone soldier running through yeah. the, the war, you know, and yeah. dodging mines <clears throat> and missiles and bombs. It's kind of how we feel, actually, as mm-hmm. fund managers at the moment. Let's talk about the banking industry while we're talking about war, because that's turned into a bit of a, a, a battlefield. So there are a lot of these new digital players yep. that have entered the market. There's Time, there's Bank Zero, Discovery. How's the how's the, the the terrain looking at the moment? Well, it's an interesting place to be, isn't it? Because really, the market's been dominated by the major banks over a number of years, and now all of a sudden, with the um, the rapid introduction and uptake of technology. But let's just yeah. so there were the four big ones. Yeah. There's Absa, there's NetBank, there's Standard, and there was um, First National. That's right. And then uh, Capitec came in, and everybody went, "What? That happened while we were looking away?" Because they suddenly grew a huge base of unbanked people. And, That's and with exactly their right. low fees managed to bring a whole lot more people into the banked yep. market. Uh, now we've got all these other guys. And are they paying attention to this? Because the big four have been like sleeping giants for a long time. Well, they're paying attention, but they're very big ships and big ships take a long time to turn around, don't they? Mm-hmm. And traditionally a bank has what? It has hundreds, if not thousands of branches. And these branches yeah. cost a lot of money to run. And people are going, why do we need them? Exactly. Well, you, you, you needed them historically, didn't you? Yeah. Um, firstly, because you needed somewhere to go. And secondly, because you needed a way to handle cash. Mm-hmm. But that's becoming less and less of a problem. Yeah. You know, with the introduction of smartphones, you can now do everything at home on your phone. Um, so actually, as a new entrant, you almost enjoy a little bit of an unfair advantage because you don't have that legacy cost base. And that's exactly what makes the current major four banks vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And there's one in particular that I'm quite interested by. And it's called um, Time Bank. Mm-hmm. And it's owned by Patrice Motsepe's private equity investment um, firm. And you can actually invest in that firm through African Rainbow Capital Investments on the JSE. Yeah. And long story short, uh, it's been going for around seven years. And it only has, well, if, I, if you were to guess, how many employees do you think a new national full-service bank? So in other words, a bank where you can put deposits, you can draw cash, and you can borrow money from, how many employees do you think they need? Well, in the old days, I would have said you'd need thousands, but now you probably need a couple of hundred. 120 people. Oh, wow. Got 120 full-time employees. So and their costs are low. That's a exactly. game changer. Right. They run it out of Rosebank. They don't have a How physical branch. How many clients do work. they have? So they've currently they current got around 130,000. Mm, that's a lot. Yeah, but they're taking in around 3,500 new clients a day. That's phenomenal. So that number is changing all the time. Okay. And what they've done is quite clever. They've partnered with Pick and Pay. So each pick and pay shop basically doubles up as a time bank branch. And it's a full service branch. Clever. And you can go there and you can sign up for a new bank account. And I watched it with my own eyes because I didn't believe the number in three and a half minutes yeah. with no documentation and no human involvement. That's phenomenal. It's a little kiosk. You go and you enter your name and your details. The FICA process is simply your fingerprint. You don't need <laughs> proof of address or your ID. Scan your fingerprint and it issues with you with a, a debit card there and then. That's superb. And why is banking not like that already? Yeah, it, should be. it should be that way. So who do you think is yeah. going to be the biggest loser in all of this? Because when, when you talk about time being so innovative and doing things differently, now, how, how does that question. help the others? So what, what, I mean, UBS have actually conducted a, so, some research in that space and they compared, um, what a time bank account would cost you relative to say a Capitec or a standard bank. And given that, um, Capitec is the cheapest in the market, that would be a good basis for comparison. Sure. Time's coming in at around 45 to 50% less expensive. Than a Capitec wow. account. Oh my God. It's going to chop them off at the knees. I think so. So we did some maths. Um, and it looks like you'll save five to six hundred rand a year in, in, in bank fees. And that's just on the transactional side. Um, you know, and for three and a half minutes of effort, when I'm at pick and pay next, I might just think about 
Just open one for fun. Opening an account just for fun. And maybe I might save some money in the process. Mm. The interesting thing, though, is how do we benefit from this as investors? And that's what your listeners will, will want to know. So you can buy an African Rainbow Capital share today at around a 50% discount to what their portfolio investment companies are worth. Yeah. But in that portfolio, they're only carrying their investment in Time Bank um, at around 750 million rand, which equates to around 3% of the group's net asset value. So what I'm saying to you is you can actually buy, you can actually invest in Time Bank for free at this that's point. That's phenomenal. And in five years' time, it sounds outlandish. But this could very reasonably be the next Capitech. So I really like that share in case you, hmm. you hadn't got that from me yet. I think we can, we can pick up some enthusiasm from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picking it up. Um, quickly, last thing. The current power situation and, and ESCOM being the disaster yeah. it is and load shedding, how is this affecting your investment outlook and your planning? Well, you know, if, if you were to describe – the environment that South African companies have been trading in over the last few years. You've basically had a situation where your revenue isn't growing yeah. and your costs are going up at inflation. And what does that mean? It means your profit margins are getting squeezed all the time. Um, and share prices trade relative to profits, don't they? Yeah. And at this point, we still don't think that South African shares are all that cheap. And we still think that profits can come under pressure because, of course, there are first order and second order effects with blackouts. First order effects being that factories can't run, businesses can't trade. No. Second order effects being that the owners of those businesses and their employees aren't earning money. In fact, in a lot of cases in real terms, when adjusted for inflation, they're earning less money. Mm. So they can't go and spend it at the retailers. They aren't asking the banks for more loans. So it's really this negative feedback loop. And we worried. We worried about the South African economy at this point. So we're reducing exposure to it, despite the fact that directionally it looks like the guys at the top are taking us in the right direction. But we think it can get a little bit worse before it gets better still. Um, so we're actually looking to increase our offshore exposure at this point um, and also our exposure to companies which generate offshore profits. Hmm. Thank you, Henry. Always good to talk to you. Pleasure. There's a nice uh, succinct summary for the money shot for today. And uh, we'll see you again soon. This is CliffCentral.com.